welcome everyone to another episode of Unsafe Space. This is a Christmas episode. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined by co-host Carrie, Carrie Smith. Smith. Hey, Carrie. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm currently dog-sitting seven dogs. So, uh, so that's easy. once again, <laughs> you might hear some doggy sounds in the background. Uh, you know, if you're not uh, if you're not careful, you're going to turn in. I guess the, the stereotype, the cliche is a cat lady. but you're Right, gonna, I'm the dog lady. Yeah, you're going to turn into a dog lady. Um, <laughs> One of those dogs is mine, so I should say fair. I'm dog sitting six dogs. Lots fair. of people go out of town for Christmas. They need somebody to watch their doggies. So um, I said yes to a lot of them, like this little guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, welcome back. I don't know why I welcome you to your own show. Whatever. We're doing a Christmas show, and I guess it's really inspired by the, at least for me, this show was inspired by the vitriol that the social justice warriors seem to um, willingly spray everywhere uh, Mm -hmm. regarding a lot of kind of trusted, normal thing. I won't say trusted, traditional Lots of traditional media and and traditions and things that we do and like. This is the time of year for social justice people to complain about it. And in particular, we just did a special. By the way, Carrie, I think it might. It's already like semi flagged on YouTube as copyrighted content. And uh, uh. but but they're leaving it up. They just we're not. We can't monetize it, which doesn't matter. But Carrie and I did do matter. a a a. Uh, I guess sort of like a weird, demented version of like. Rift Tracks or Mystery Science Theater 3000 on the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer um, movie, really kind of pointing out all the the problematic themes in the movie. Uh, and it's, it's the only woke way to watch Rudolph. So if you want to go catch it out, be, catch it before YouTube bans it, go look. You can find it on the Unsafe, uh, Unsafe Space channel on YouTube. But anyway, so we did that, and it was it was the... For me, it was a lot of the comments about that movie and the the one that happens every year, which is the song uh, "Baby It's Cold Outside." People are always complaining about. I won't say people, the social justice crowd in particular is always complaining about that movie or that uh, song. So I thought maybe we would start with Rudolph, Carrie, mm-hmm. and just kind of walk through what some of the complaints are about Rudolph. And I I have two different categories that I've noticed, but um, what 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 do you think the main complaints are? What have you seen the complaints about the Rudolph? And we're talking about the 1964, like uh stop frame animation version of Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer. The only real version of Rudolph. Yes. The only I don't real acknowledge version. any of the others. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I saw, I, I think it was a Huffington post article. Maybe that's the one that kicked it off or maybe there were others, but th- this isn't the first year. I heard this last year, actually, my friend and I wrote a parody song last year. Um, that we should really record now that it's topical. But um, the, it every year, the, the thing about SJWs is they don't, um, a lot of them are very miserable. <laughs> Again, that's anecdotal. It's just based on people I know. <laughs> but uh, they, and they, they seem to want to suck the joy out of every holiday. So it's not just Christmas. You know, we did the Thanksgiving specials, the same thing. They have a, they always come out with a whole host of op-eds about, why you shouldn't be thankful this Thanksgiving, why you should use it as an opportunity to berate your family members about stuff like white supremacy. Or um, they had, there was one for 4th of July this year, all about how to 
how to not have a basically it should have been called how to not have a fun fourth of july but um so it's it's nothing new it's just that this year for whatever reason it just it was so big baby it's cold outside was a very big one and then at the same and then we heard the rudolph one and then there was the charlie brown one and so uh it got a lot of attention this year but the anyway to answer your question the huffington post article is the one i read and their major gripe with the movie seemed to be that it was about bullying and i'm like yeah no shit it is about bullying it's about try like triumph, triumph over, over bullying, bullying. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's a good lesson for kids yeah <laughs> and adults yeah i mean the, the so that's kind of the the two things that i've the two kind of categories that i've seen um of comments are one is that category which is like looking at things in the movie that are intentionally supposed to be bad because they are portrayed as something to overcome and like bad attitudes and things that are happening that Rudolph then overcomes and Rudolph is the hero. So there's things like looking at things that are bad and saying, aha, the movie's bad because there's bad people in it, which is like, yeah, that's mm -hmm. every, every movie with a hero and an anti-hero has some bad behavior. That's part of telling a story. Um, yeah. So, you know, the things like shunning Rudolph and Hermie for being different. It's like, yes, that, that's the point. They were shunned and that was wrong. And those people ended up repenting and Rudolph and Hermie ended up being accepted and overcome. And, you know, you don't you're not made to sympathize with the mean elf boss and the taunting elves. Yeah. You're made to sympathize with Hermie. And like, that's the point. That's the whole point. Yeah. And you And the even some of the funniest stuff they were saying it was a you know and then the coach the reindeer coach said you know you'll rudolph will never play in our reindeer games like yeah that's from the song right but it's it's <laughs> also <laughs> yes it's from the song and yes that's the point the point is that's he has to be shunned and ostracized first for him to overcome it so that's but the second category um to me is actually even more telling about their psychology, the people who are complaining about this, mm -hmm. because I, it has to be dishonest. Uh, there's no, if you, they either just haven't watched the movie. So there's, I guess there's three choices. They haven't watched the movie. Right. They're functionally retarded <laughs> or they're dishonest. There's only three choices here. I think they're dishonest. I think so too. That's, that's why I'm going looking with that. For clicks. Right, because yeah, I don't want to insult people. And with they have no. In I keep talking over you. I'm no, sorry. no, no. Go ahead. It's this. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> no, just that they uh, they have no integrity. A lot of these people, they're just they'll write whatever to get clicks, and they don't care how it affects society. Um, and they and they're not really. I don't think a lot of them are really committed to this point of view. They're just they take the ideology to its logical conclusion sometimes, and they will write these really like ridiculous pieces i have to say about uh baby it's cold outside i think they actually went a little too far this year because i've heard a lot of people on the left friends of mine on the left who are usually very sympathetic to the sjw ideology uh criticizing it and making fun of it themselves like making fun of the whole baby it's cold outside controversy i don't know anyone mm. in real life who is who said um you know, yeah, they have a point. The song's about Except Bill for Cosby. some of my former friends, sure. But right. not anyone I know now who I talk to regularly. I know people on the left are making fun of it. I'm like, wow, I think they kind of went a little too far, which is a good thing. They're sort of showing the excesses of this belief system. Yeah. 
By the way, you need to move a little bit more towards your hat where your hat's pointing. Yeah, there okay. you go. I, you drifted over and you're going to get cut off from the video. So, That's yeah, well, look, in the case of the in the Rudolph, the argument that I hear and I'm going to read this is a quote. This is an excerpt from some complaint. I don't remember where it was. Um, and this person writes, and then Santa decides that Rudolph's light up nose is useful to him. And then he integrates Rudolph into the North Pole's social machine which is the real meaning of Rudolph. It attempts to pass itself off as being about the benefits of being yourself and being unique, but it really isn't. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is really about being shunned for being different until those same people find a way to exploit the very characteristic they looked down on you for. Now, what's false about that and, and completely dishonest is, we, and we just watched the movie yesterday, <laughs> um, the community, including Santa, the elf uh, boss, um, all the other reindeer, the community reintegrates and accepts Rudolph and Hermie before there's any indication that he will be useful to them in any way. They, they are accepted prior to the big snow disaster where um, Rudolph's nose could potentially help them. Right. So even that argument, um, which maybe on the surface, if you you don't remember the movie, it seems, you know, you might go, because I did at first, I was like, yeah, that's too bad that they, you know, they only do it after he proves value there. But, but that's, that's a lie. false. That's not true. That's not what they do. Um, so even that's not true. Um, so let, let's. So this baby, it's cold outside thing. I carry. I um. I googled. I, it turns out that social justice warriors are doing our work for us, and I sometimes I think they're intentionally being parodies of themselves. But so there was there was a bustle article. A couple of years ago, and the title is Eight Christmas Songs That Are Totally Terribly Sexist." Okay? <laughs> uh, and of course, one of them—I think it's the last one. Let me scroll down my list. Yeah, the last one is "Baby, It's Cold Outside," right? Mm -hmm. um, and they don't even really make an argument. They, <laughs> "Baby, It's Cold Outside" is a Christmas song so problematic that many covers just outright change the lyrics. You know why? You know why. If you don't know why, let me be the one to ruin this for you. There's a line that subtly references the female singer being drugged by the male singer. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Carrie, you had a really good description of this song the other day when you were describing the culture that was surrounding it. Do you want to Well, yeah, it's, dispel a, this it's an... Oh, I can hear an echo now. Okay, I'll try and kill that. But you dispel, this, dispel the myth. Okay. Well, it's plausible deniability, which women still want. They just wanted it a bit more back then because of the time that they were living in. She she says in the song all the things that all the reasons why she probably shouldn't stay according to society, but she wants a reason to stay. So she wants that plausible deniability of like, oh, I had a little too much to drink and that's why I stayed. But you know, she's talking about what her family will think and what will and that she's not she's she is a willing participant. It's like a tongue-in-cheek, I really should go, but uh, I don't know anybody who could listen to that and think that the woman doesn't want to stay unless they're so bad at social interactions themselves and at reading subtext that they're, if they, if they have a problem like understanding other humans, I guess I'd put it that way. Right. I, I think that's another case of them purposefully... Uh, trying to take something from the past and then misconstrue it according to the you know the current times and wait dr uh, miller had a term for this was it historicity what was it not historicity he had some word 
Historizing. Oh, he, historizing or something. Yeah, where you look back at the past through the standards of the present. Right, which is you know completely inappropriate because there was there were dynamics like social norms change, and frankly, <clears throat> what this makes me think of is. Um, some of my favorite old movies involve Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, one of my favorite old movies is uh, Bringing Up Baby. Which Bringing is a, Up Baby, I was going to say, yeah. It's a great old movie, right, with Catherine yeah. Hepburn and Cary Grant. And Catherine Hepburn um, was widely recognized at the time as um, a feminist, very outspoken, strong woman. Um, she, I think she was one of the first women, if not the first woman, to wear pants in a movie. Um, so this was a this was a strong female, but of course she still had... We were still living in a heteronormative environment, so mm-hmm. she she's still in the movies that she would still want to to be with some guy, and she would use all sorts of flirty tricks and feign helplessness and all sorts of silly things. And I could totally see, um, I could totally see her in a scene like this song, right, where it's like, well, I really should go, but yeah. like. But she's going to stay, and she knows she's going to stay. And You know she's going to stay. Yeah, and she's like, she's kind of doing the things she's not supposed to do. She's just collecting a list of justifications that she can use for later, and he's helping her, and that's the dance, right? And yeah. that's what's happening. Um, yeah. Is it so, bringing up baby where she has too much to drink out in the courtyard and stays up all night with that guy, or is that a different one? I think that's Philadelphia story. Philadelphia story. Okay. I'm Bringing up baby TV. is the one where she inherits a leopard. Um, yes. Which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, but the dialogue uh, yeah. in that is great. Um, I haven't watched well, it in a while. Speak- I should watch it again. It's a good movie. Yeah, me too. Speaking of old movies, I just watched White Christmas for the first time. I don't think I've ever um, seen it. With Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney and, oh, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? That other guy. I'm blanking. Um, anyway, it was it was great. I almost cried in one scene. <laughs> it was good, huh? Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't tried to ban that movie though. I I'm gonna uh, I've never seen it. I don't think so. I'll go. I mean, I know the song, but I don't know anything about what the movie's about. Um, so tell me, you know, there's some more songs I, we can go through because I I want to actually at least list the songs so you can see how crazy these people are. But you said something about Charlie Brown. What's the Charlie Brown complaint? Oh my gosh, the Charlie Brown one. Okay, now I haven't, I didn't read this article beforehand to refresh my memory, but from okay. what I recall, they were really upset because in the Christmas special, they said, um, uh, what's the black character's name? I don't know. Uh, I can only uh, think of the guy Token from South Park, but that I don't, I don't think that's no, correct. I'm, I'm forgetting his name. Anyway, they said that, that he was sitting at the table, that he was sitting uh, by himself on his side of the table franklin and that the franklin yes and that the other characters the white characters had they were sitting next to someone and he had to sit by himself and he was in a lawn chair and if you and but the thing is if you go and look at all the other specials there there are lots of other specials and lots of other scenes in charlie brown where franklin is sitting next to someone at the table right in a regular chair like the, and someone else is sitting in a not, lawn right. chair yeah there's nothing to read into that but people really love to read into things like i said they especially holidays it's a they it's it's like they they are out to destroy the joy that everyone else has yeah it makes me think about it makes me think of a family member who um i won't name but who's very like would um, would always ruin the holidays for everyone else (laughs) and i don't know if it was because 
uh, at heart, this person was just so miserable, wanted everyone else to be miserable too, or if it was because they had so much anxiety around the holidays being different and being something wonderful and it, it could never live up to that. And so then they would have a breakdown. Right. I mean, there is a lot right. of holiday depression, right? Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know really what all that's about. But, um, well, look, let's just interestingly enough, let's. So I, I want to run through these songs. So the first one on that, this is an eight, these are eight Christmas songs. And these are not eight Christmas songs that are just kind of sexist or maybe problematic. These are eight Christmas songs that are totally terribly sexist. Okay. Okay. Um, the I'm first trying to guess one, what could be on there. Huh? I'm trying to think of what could even possibly be on there. Yeah. Well, the first one is Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Um, <laughs> and fortunately, <laughs> the writer here tells us the most offensive lyrics so we can be offended. Um, okay. And Was apparently it Grandma the most, Got Run Over by a Reindeer? <laughs> yeah. No. Apparently, the most offensive uh, lyric is, it's not Christmas without Grandma. All the family's dressed in black and can't, and we just can't help but wonder, should we open up her gifts or send them back? Back. Um, <laughs> so apparently, and you know, and this this author's complaint about this is basically like she was killed by a man, and he's not even going to jail, and like it's a woman, and we're laughing at her death, and blah, 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 right. So um, it's uh, a stretch to say the least. Um, so that's that's that one, and, and apparently that okay. is not just a little sexist, totally terribly sexist. Uh, it's a comedy song. Yep. Kids love singing that song. Yeah, it's a comedy song. I, I watched the YouTube video of the song. Um, yeah. It's clearly a, I mean, the song is obviously a comedy song, and so is the video. Um, then the second song that was listed is All I Want for Christmas is You. We all know that one, All I Want for Christmas, right? Um, <laughs> the big complaint on this one is it's not feminist enough. Oh. Um, and this person says. I don't like the idea that the woman narrating the song doesn't want anything for the holidays except a man and that she's relying on another man, Santa Claus, to go get the aforementioned man for her. Um, and uh, apparently the most offensive Putting lyric there that is... Santa Claus doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, maybe we should tell this author that, you know, Santa Claus is... Santa Claus is pretend. Um <laughs> Yeah, the most offensive lyric here is, Santa, won't you bring me the one I really need? Won't you please bring my baby to me? Now, this song is interesting to me because um, because of what this author did to it. This author actually rewrote it for us um, and provided a sanitized feminist version of the lyrics. And I'm not going to read all the lyrics, but you know, the song originally, if, if you remember the song, All I Want for Christmas is You, it's about desire, right? It's about desire. Right. And we can all relate, man or woman, we can all relate to, or man or woman or large empty room, I didn't mean to exclude. Uh, we can all relate to having, like wanting something, especially someone, like being so in love or so in lust, it doesn't matter. Like wanting someone else so much that you don't want anything else, like nothing else matters, just them, right? You just want mm -hmm. them, that's all. And that's all you want for Christmas or whatever it is, right? And and Christmas is is a time to wish for things that um, – it's like a magical holiday, right? It's like it's not all I want for my birthday. Please give me the man, Santa, right? It's right. it's this wish fulfillment season because there's like this, this concept of magic in it. So you wish for things. Maybe it can't be is that she 
wants this guy, but maybe she can't have him for some reason or whatever. And so that's all she wants for Christmas. Or maybe um, she's just, this is a way of, of her um, just expressing how much she wants him. And like of all the wishes in the world, you know, having him would be the best thing for her. Regardless, it just speaks of desire. Right. And, um, and it's female desire. But I don't know why that makes sexist. Uh, there's a hell because of a lot of wishing... love songs about male desire. Um, right. So. Well, this woman sounds like she's. Um, what's that? What's that Gloria Steinem quote? Uh, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Oh, is that Gloria Steinem? Okay. I think it is. Yeah. I'm not sure. But um, it's this woman sounds. Whoever wrote this sounds like she's abiding by that. Like, oh, you want a man. Right. Um, right. I would argue, as a new Christian, that the song is is <laughs> that the song is problematic because the man you should be wanting is Christ. <laughs> there you go. You can argue. For, how do you know she's not talking to Christ? <laughs> right. You're trying to fill your God-sized hole with a with a human man. No. Actually, but Carrie, I don't. I don't know. There's no evidence that she's not talking to Christ when she's singing the song. Oh, you're right. Is there unless there's some kind of romantic lyrics in there? I can't remember the lyrics. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's another South Park reference. Um, but uh, so th this woman rewrites the lyrics, and I'm not going to read all of them. But the uh, the 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 chorus here is, um, but I've got all I want for Christmas. It's true, and <laughs> the whole song is about how she's pretty content and confident already and it might be kind of cool to have this guy come over but it's okay if he doesn't because she's a strong woman and she's content and happy and this is the rewrite this is the rewrite and this is what you mean about them being a parody of themselves yeah because it's just like <laughs> she has to like suck all the emotion out of the song it's like oh we, we're not allowed to have any desire we can't show that any any woman has desire for anything um, she's got to be content. It's not even like she changed it to like, all I want for Christmas is that new job. Right. It's right. like, she didn't, she didn't change it to anything else. She didn't have any other wish. She changed it to like, I'm basically content cause I'm so strong and powerful and it'd be cool if this guy came over. Um, and you know, one of the interesting things, uh, with respect to that is, um, She's. I feel like the original song is about love. I mean, there may be lust involved, but there's like a deep kind of love desire there, and that's that seems like it feels like love anyway. When when the way the song is is written and sung, and she's replaced it with like kind of the equivalent of a one night stand. Like, yeah, yeah it'd be nice if you showed up on Tinder, but yeah, it's okay because I'm cheap. happy. Um. Which is just that's, that's what I think a lot of feminism reduces uh, what they call like sexual empowerment to anyway is is that it's reduced to meaningless sex that like a just just empty but I don't know that for them that is sold a lot of times as empowerment yeah all right so song number three that is um is uh what's the phrase. <clears throat> Totally terribly sexist. Song number three is I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Okay, again, this is a funny You see song. how that's sexist, Carrie? You get it? 
How's it sexist? No, it, it, Santa Claus is your dad. <laughs> Do you not want to know what the most offensive why... lyric is there? What? Oh, what a laugh it would have been if daddy had only seen mommy kissing Santa Claus last night. Why is that sexist? And then you have to write um after it if you're quoting that lyric. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't, get so she, I don't get the logic on that one. She says that the fact that there's an entire song devoted to a woman's infidelity with Santa Claus, no less, which, again, is an imaginary being. Um, but there's no such fun Christmas carol for a guy, despite Mrs. Claus being a thing. Yeah, but, you know, Mrs. Claus isn't a thing. She's like an Mrs. adjunct. Claus Mrs. Claus doesn't get dressed up and go down to chimneys and go everywhere. You don't leave cookies out for Mrs. Claus. She's not part of the 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 lore of a being in your house that evening. She's not you right. can't dress up as Mrs. Claus. There's no excuse for her to be in your house. It's uh Right. It's a pretty ridiculous the, kind of thing. It's ridiculous. And the joke here, of course, is that this is from a kid's point of view, and they don't realize Santa Claus is daddy. Of course. Of course. Like, right. And that's what's funny about it. Right. And that's and, and actually there's something to me, there's something like kind of sweet about the song because mm -hmm. it takes something that um kind of good from your childhood, which is these like memories of Santa Claus and Christmas and, and right. And mm -hmm. and then it takes something good from your adulthood, which is your relationship with your spouse and this like happy marriage that's implied here, right? Um and then it juxtaposes the two in a way that would appear very wrong, but mm -hmm. actually at the end isn't wrong at all because it's daddy is Santa Claus. And so like, it's this, it's funny Innocent. and light and sweet. And, and uh, yeah. fr frankly, I mean, it, it's just a lot of good, a lot of goodness yeah. in that song. There's a lot of goodness there. But yeah, again, again, so far all these songs, all these criticisms are proving my point about miserable people. I guess it would have been better if it was, uh, I saw mommy browsing Tinder. Um, okay. <laughs> Then the the fourth terrible whatever worst song is uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Now this one really shocked me because at first I was like, "What is there even a woman in this song? What's the why is this terribly sexist?" Do you want to take a guess, Carrie? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Do you want to take a guess? Okay. Um. Uh. No. I. I mean, I can't imagine what's sexist in here. Well. Wait. Wait. <clears throat> I quote the most offensive lyric. I'm trying to remember all the lyrics. A pair of yeah, hop-along boots and a pistol that shoots is the wish of Barney and Ben. Dolls that will talk and will go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. Oh. See? Oh, that's not sexist. That's what most boys want and what most girls want. That's well, not according to the author, you're completely wrong. Um it's saying that we're reinforcing gender stereotypes and we should update ourselves um, to the modern century and have the boys put aside the pistols and the girls put aside the dolls and roll out some gender neutral gifts. Um, you know, we you know what I've seen a lot of proliferation of, which I think is hilarious. A lot of opinion pieces or um, uh, posts like where people are sharing stuff on social media, uh, feminist moms who are lamenting the fact that despite their best efforts, their daughters still want to dress up as princesses and play with dolls. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, this is a thing now where they're writing these pieces. Like, oh, oh, I knew this was going to happen. Hold on That's one okay. second. okay. The dogs have something to say about it. It's fine. Hold on. We can take a pause. We'll pause. Okay, we're back. You were saying. 
I was saying that I've seen a, just a smattering of these op-eds or posts where women on the left are kind of upset about the fact, expressing that they're upset about the fact that despite their best efforts, their daughters like playing with dolls or, you know, like dressing as princess and, and or that their sons like playing with trucks. And uh, I just, I think there's something really telling about that. And also something kind of sad about the fact that the parents feel a need to try and implement their own it's funny because they think they're they think that they're fighting stereotypes but what they're actually doing is trying to uh implement their own opinions about what their kids should be playing with yeah and look i'll say as a parent of a daughter um when she was born i was actually much more of the gender neutral mindset than i am now um i was a little bit more i wasn't a complete sjw uh but i was a little bit more like um kind of secretly wanting a tomboy in some sense like oh like i'm gonna give her all the boy stuff and it's it's crazy to think that she's just gonna want dolls and and you know that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and um you know i guess she does some kind of tomboy things but not really like she just likes being a girl um in like the traditional sense of a girl and um you know they've this isn't uh this it's provably Everything obviously can have some cultural uh, influence, right? So I'm not saying that there's no cultural influence, but we prove that there's. It's already provable that there's genetic influence because uh, they take babies, little babies, right when they're born, right? Little girls stare at faces longer than things, and little boys stare at things longer than faces, it's, or prefer things over faces, right? And that's a difference right off right. the bat. And it explains a lot, it explains a lot why uh, girls like dolls and, and humans. And, and it also makes sense evolutionarily. So it's not even actually shocking unless you're looking for something to be shocked by. But um, right. and I mean, I remember and my daughter you know, often kind of saying like, gee, the boys at this place, if you know, she's somewhere, she, she would complain about like, all the boys want to do is like hit things and destroy stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of fun. I'm like, I'm thinking. Like, I can see why they're, they want to knock that tower down, right? Like, I get that. Um, but to her, it wasn't like, I don't, you know, she just wanted to play house with her friends. Right. So, um, and it's to, to different degrees. I mean, there's lots of different ways to be a girl, obviously, and lots of different ways to be a boy. Sure. So when we talk about this stuff, I think a lot of times people forget you're talking about averages. And they think that you're saying every girl prefers dolls and every boy prefers trucks. And that's not right. the case. But on average, yes, they do. Right. That's not, you know. Yeah, I I think you're right. And I've actually wanted to do I'm not a statistician, but, you know, I was an engineer and I was a cryptographer. So I I know math decently enough. Um, I've been wanting to do a presentation just on just the basic statistics in a way that people can understand, because we this what you're describing happens all the time. There'll be, um, you know, you'll talk about the average between two different groups where there's let's say standard uh, Gaussian distribution between the two groups. And there, there are average differences, but the variances are so high that it doesn't mean you can tell anything about any individual just by knowing that they're in a particular group. Um, and, and actually it wouldn't matter until you start looking at things at a, with a uh, very high level from a societal perspective and, and start thinking that things are problems, right? Because, um, it's averages that we look at, right? So when we mm-hmm. complain about, well, there are not enough women CEOs, you're looking at like, you're adding up all of the companies and all the jobs and like, and you're saying on average, 
right? A company could have a, a woman CEO, but on average, there's not equal distribution. And like that, when you're arguing that those averages mean something, you have to be willing to then talk about the averages biologically and 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 other averages, right? But people get very triggered by that, and they're like, "Well, you know, you're saying that women don't, you know, all like dolls." No, you're saying that you don't understand math if that's your response. Yes. So um, unfortunately, that's the case. I think a lot of people don't understand math. Right. And that's, I mean, that's fine. Um, I, I wish people would take the time when disagreeing in conversation to explain it better for the people who don't get it without being condescending. Right. Like, there's a way to explain the averages without making someone feel stupid. I Not think so. Needs to, yeah. I think so. And and like I said, if we were in a society where we weren't worried about outcomes on a on a mass scale, we wouldn't even have this conversation because no one would be complaining about women in different professions and if there's anything else because we wouldn't be counting that and and no one would say women have to have dolls or anything. There wouldn't there wouldn't be a discussion right. about it. Um, there's well, only a discussion like because people are trying to force certain outcomes. They're trying to force outcomes. I just saw, um, not to get too far off subject, but I just saw a headline about a, a professor, I believe it's at UCLA, who wrote a paper about how there are too many men in firefighting <laughs> and they need to make way for the women. And it's like, wow, are you really? Was it you... a parody or? No, no, this is a real paper. And it, and, and uh, they were, she was arguing, um, um, sorry, I'm assuming it was a she, but uh, the, the professor was arguing Z that. Z was arguing. Um, it's just... Z, Z probably was arguing that there, uh, there are other things re required to be a good firefighter other than just strength that you could have people who aren't, who don't pass the, the strength requirements who could still be firefighters. And I'm like, wow, but that's your life at stake. You know, yeah. I had a female friend who was, uh, uh, I'm not sure if she finished or not, but she was in the process of becoming a firefighter when I knew her and she was pretty small she was about my height and stuff but she could do she was doing all the physical stuff you're supposed to do and she was yeah. as long as you can pass the test i have no problem of course women should be firefighters yeah. but if you're not passing the test no you shouldn't make special exceptions i don't believe there are certain not. jobs where you have to have yeah you have to have, and that's that's more important than equality of outcome like oh we yeah. have 50 percent female firefighters but you're dead because you yeah. know, <laughs> some of those female right. firefighters couldn't carry you out of the building um mm -hmm. Okay, so the next. Also, it's like, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm go done. ahead. You can. Well, no, it's just, it's just kind of complaining about like, and also it was complaining about race too, about how most firefighters, not just men, but are white men, and it's like, you know, are they straight white men mm. quit volunteering to put your life at risk for us? <laughs> it's yeah. like complaining. <laughs> Why do you want to put your life on the line? Well, we could swap some of them with people in the NFL. Um, okay. Uh... It... Disastrous. <laughs> For the football would not be happy. Well, it might be interesting, but <laughs> it might be. All right. Um, the next horrible song, Santa Baby. Um, and she she writes. Uh, I mean, the entire song is essentially someone trying to seduce Santa Claus in order to give him a bunch of Christmas presents. Um, <laughs> and the the most offensive lyric is, quote. Think of all the fun I've missed. Think of all the fellas that I've haven't kissed. Next year I could be just as good if you'd check off my Christmas list. And then um, you have to write "sigh" after this one when you quote it, to be clear, because um, "sigh" is an argument. Yeah. So well, yeah, I am sighing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am sighing. So 
again, this is this like, uh, I don't know. It's, you can't, you, it's, you can't use your sexuality as a female at all, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, she, she wants stuff and she's using your sexuality. Nope, not allowed. That's, uh, you can't be sexy unless, see, this is where they have the caveat. Unless uh, you don't fit uh, mainstream standards of beauty, and then they're cool with it. Like Tess Holiday, be as sexy and alluring as you want. It's empowering. But if it's a woman who's using her sexual sexuality to get something and she conforms to mainstream ideas of, of, of beauty, then they hate it. Then they're like, oh, that's exploitation. Are you suggesting that Tess Holiday should sing Santa Baby? They would love it if Tess Holiday sang it. <laughs> I do believe they would love it. That would be a, an interesting <laughs> cultural experiment. Oh, and her last name is Holiday. Yeah, right? Yeah. Tess Holiday's Perfect. holiday songs. Holiday right. special. Yeah. The cool. Tess Holiday special. <laughs> I would watch that, possibly. Um, okay, number six is interesting <clears throat> because it's the 12 days of Christmas. And the thing um, that the the problem with the author had about this one isn't actually sexism. So I don't think the author really, it's not about sexism. They're just trying to get triggered however they can. Um, But the problem here is, um, let's see. They say, I've always had a problem with uh, this since I was a child because I didn't understand why people were getting these kind of gifts. Okay, fine. However, now that I'm an adult, I realize how weird and awful it is that my true love is sending me people for Christmas, let alone crowds of people. Take back your ten lords a leaping, sir. I'm not into slavery. First of all, what? It's very unlikely that someone who goes by the title Lord is a slave. Um, and but on the eighth day of Christmas, so the most offensive lyric on the eighth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me eight maids a milkin'. And that's the worst lyric because it's the exact moment that my true love started sending me people. And to me, me what's really interesting about this is, and I think this is maybe part and parcel to having a Marxist ideology and not understanding. I mean, the the essence of capitalism, I I know we we live in like this weird crony crony system right now, so I'm not defending our current system, but the, the essence of capitalism philosophically is really like, not aggression it's like live and let live individualism Mm -hmm. leave people alone let them do their thing right um right only a marxist would think that if i'm sending you someone in a song they are necessarily slaves like maybe i hired some people to go sing you a song (laughs) or like whatever like i i don't I'm shocked. Like carolers. If yeah, I like, carolers. I was like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Why are they slaves? Where does it say they're slaves? Right. Right? Okay. I, do you know the origins of this song? I don't. Do you? No, I'm just looking it up because now I'm I'm curious. Because it, right. I it was probably written by some slave owner. I'm going to be proven wrong. <laughs> he actually was <laughs> sending uh, eight mil. Made no. to um. <laughs> Okay, I think this has to do with the real meaning of Christmas because it's uh da 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 the nativity of Christ. And you know what? There's a Bible verse about two turtle doves. Oh, okay. Yes. Um I would have to read more about this. I wish yeah, I read it before. Look, this is that's so interesting though. The whole thing is just silly though. The 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 fact and if it's true that there's some horrible origin, then the author should have said the horrible origin. So I assume that it's not true. 
because right i'm sure if it was horrible if there was a horrible origin the author would have said you know this was here's the horrible origin instead they just complained that obviously if you send anyone to anyone else those are those would be slaves Uh, right so (laughs) the number Uh, seven on the on the the list of uh songs that are totally terribly sexist Number seven is Santa Tell Me. Now, this is a new song that I had to, I didn't, I wasn't really sure I knew it. It's an Ariana Grande song. Um, Is that a Starbucks drink? (laughs) No, it should be, though. If I ran Starbucks, it would be a Starbucks drink, Carrie. I don't know who that is. I'm sure. What would go in an Ariana Grande, though, is the question. (laughs) Um, Sexism, apparently. Um, Okay. But the most offensive lyric is Now I Need Someone to Hold Me. Be my fire in the cold. Basically, so I I did listen to the song. It's kind of a sad song because she's lamenting about she doesn't want like a. I guess she had a lover in the past who was with her over Christmas and then wasn't there for the next Christmas, and so she wants someone who's going to stay and be around, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what the song's about. And and um, saying she you know she needs someone to hold. Because she's alone this time, but she wants to make sure it's someone who's going to be around. So basically, she would like love over Tinder, um, and I think that's, that's probably why. Ultimately, that's probably why it's asked sexist. for. Yeah. Because she wants love. I see. I mean, I imagine because women aren't supposed to want love, but you are supposed to want one night stands. Yes. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to assume that you were a female. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks uh, for that. Yeah, no problem. Just. Just always start with an apology. Yeah. Well, I'm white <laughs> and a male, so right. um, I just have a, a magic eight ball full of apologies, and I start with one of them. Uh, and then the eighth one is the one we already talked about, Baby, It's Cold Outside. So, uh, you know, I um, just on a whim, I was like, well, gee, why are – they're very concerned about the lyrics of songs. Mm-hmm. So I, you know – being kind of an, an old fuddy-duddy who listens to The Cure and, you know, classic 70s rock and shit like that, um, I figured, you know, instead of instead of whipping out the Led Zeppelin or the Queen and looking for lyrics, I would look at, hey, what's uh, what's in the zeitgeist today? What's, what's popular, right? So this year, um, I looked through the most popular hip-hop, hip-hop and rap songs of the year. Oh, yeah? Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, 1985 uh, by J. Cole. Uh, I remember I was 18, Money Pussy Parties. I was on the same thing. You got to give a boy a chance to grow some. You get in that paper, swimming in bitches. I don't blame you. That's not sexist. I want to be clear. That's okay. Um, So uh, it's a problem that you saw Daddy kissing Santa Claus. But swimming in bitches, not a problem. Totally fine. Yep. Um, don't come to the house. I don't know who did that one. Uh, there's lots of killing in this one and references to the slaughter gang. Um, These are the most popular rap songs right now. Yeah, this year. Um, okay. Uh, so come and get your bitch. She trying to spend the night. N word. Straight up. You a bitch that make her a dyke. N word. Actually. So the N-word was used so much in looking up these songs that I don't know if I can even – it's, like, hard to ignore it even when I'm mm-hmm. speaking. I feel like I should say it because, like, you lose a lot of the cadence. Um, right. But I won't say it, but still. Uh, so that song's fine. Um, fun. <laughs> this song's called Fun 
by Vince Staples. Now, I think fun is a reference to the FN57, which is a firearm. Um, but uh, Macabitch down, Macabitch down is uh, a repeated line in this song. I had to look up what macking a bitch down meant. Um, macking used to mean hooking up. I, yeah, well, apparently it here? now means to hit on, flirt with, or seduce a female by using, and this is the fun part, by using female or sometimes physical means of persuasion. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm just going to, I'm physically persuading you. <laughs> Mac you down. Um, okay. And then the other one I looked at, and I only looked at literally like the top five songs. Um, Wanted by Sheck, Wanted by Sheck West. Uh, let's see. There's some lyrics that say, too many hoes with fat ass. Um, I like bad hoes, bitch. They like me back. Yeah. I got mad hoes. Yeah. Gotta subtract. I got hoes. N-word ain't tried me, so don't watch that. I got hoes. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's all... There's, like, lots of more N-words in that particular song. So, um... Yeah, does it strike you Have as you surprising the- that these songs are not... No one is, is writing articles in Bustle about the misogyny and abuse inherent in the rap and hip-hop world? Um, well, I think the, there's an easy reason for why you don't see more of that. I think you used to in the feminist world, but now because of intersectionality, which is this whole thing we've talked about before, where, where they... It's a neo-Marxist ideology where they basically say uh, the best way to look at the world is through power. The be- the thing they want to acquire is power. They believe everyone wants to acquire power and that every way we interact has to do with power and the power is determined based on what groups we're in. And so they put us in all these different groups. And so intersectionality is like, well, but rap is by written but mostly not exclusively, of course, but there's a lot of black artists in this genre. Therefore, we're not going to criticize it. Right. Although Eminem like that's, that's, doesn't get criticized either. And right. I don't know why Eminem doesn't get, uh, maybe he does. I remember he used to. I yeah. mean, I think, think feminism itself has changed a lot since I was in college. Um, you know, it's been, as this ideology's kind of melded all these different, um, like, critical theories together, uh, things have changed. And I think a lot of people in the feminist side of the, of the in this whole id identity soup <laughs> the people on the feminist side have gotten a lot more uh scared like i guess scared yeah i don't see them criticizing radical islamic terrorism for example i don't see right. them crit- criticizing sexism and rap lyrics anymore um and even with the stuff about like transgender uh like trans women athletes who are competing a lot against female athletes and right. even in some cases cracking their skulls right um injuring you know, them <laughs> yeah. injuring them breaking records and stuff i there was a post that went up today i saw on a uh, facebook on uh, the misrepresentation page and and it's like they're they're basically asking women uh not to question this at all i mean that's the stance is you can't question it and if you if you say well hey hold on is it fair to have biological men competing against biological women they're like you're a transphobe and that fear of being called such is enough to get you most people to not even go there so no you don't see i don't see a lot of feminists criticizing that stuff anymore baby it's cold outside it's easy because it's an old white person song do you know what i mean like that's how they view it anyway yeah no Uh, it's funny that you say that right because i (laughs) i was first and you used the word um like that they're afraid right and Mm -hmm. So I I took some notes and I was trying to figure out 
just empirically like what's going on here what are they complaining about and what aren't they complaining about and why um and you know one of my lines of thought was they're just kind of cowards right so they're criticizing like mm. old dead people who can't defend themselves right that's certainly part of it i think it is cowardly um it's a lot more difficult you know criticize one of these rappers who talks about killing people all the time you know you you might you might want to be careful um so mm. and you'll get a lot of social ostracism if you criticize someone like that um but i also looked at all these mainstream songs and i i noticed something about all the songs that were on the criticism uh list here on the on the, the horrible terrible list um they all have what i would describe as like a benevolent view of the universe like a positive uplifting view of the mm. universe mm -hmm. um so, you know, even Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, it's kind of like making fun of like an accidental death. It's mocking. It's it's a joke. Santa doesn't exist, right? But, you know, All I Want for Christmas, it's about desire. We talked about that. I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. We talked about that. Sweet and funny. Um, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's happy. It's anticipatory. Like, let's get excited about the Christmas season. Santa Baby, it's another song about desire, female desire. Um, mm. uh, 12 Days of Christmas. It's about celebration of prosperity um, or celebration and prosperity, right? Because you're getting a lot of, you know, giving stuff to someone you love or getting stuff from someone you love. Santa, tell me. It's a little sad, but it's ultimately about, like we talked about, a female who wants like an actual relationship instead of just sex. And baby, it's cold outside. We talked about it. It's seduction and flirtation. All these are kind of like a benevolent universe thing. And uh... well, a much more innocent time. Yeah, it, at least the baby, baby, it's cold outside song. It's not, it's not this uh, rape culture thing they're trying to make it out to be. And yeah, compare that to any of, like you said, any of the popular songs on right now. Compare that to a Kesha song, you right. know, <laughs> like right, exactly. Uh, um, and the the other thing, by the way, I saw and there was an article criticizing. Um, it's it's titled "The Chronic Capitalism of Christmas Movies," and of course it's. <laughs> In, in the URL is the term social justice, so you know it's a good article. Uh, and they, they this, this article criticizes A Christmas Carol, which is obviously the Charles Dickens uh, book. Mm -hmm. And it criticizes The Christmas Carol because um, it says, the story critically depicts an evil boss and the effects of low wages on poor families and contains an argument against greed. Still, the narrative does nothing to call the to the source, nothing to call the source of all this inequality into question, right? The hierarchy between Cratchit and Scrooge, the poor and the rich man, remains through the end, and the audience is meant to believe that bosses and other capitalists can be rendered good merely by providing an adequate meal and a day off for Christmas. So uh, to well, me, this is, um, first of all, Charles Dickens, story. Charles Dickens was a, uh, a socialist, basically. Um, He's not a capitalist, and he, he grew up at a time, just for those of people who don't know, um, you know, throughout most of history, young children died um, of disease, starvation, you know, they're in the field, you were, you know, you subsistence farming, everyone was subsistence farming. It's why one of the reasons that people have a lot of children on farms is they need a lot of help, and the other one was a uh, very high death rate. And so when when capitalism started to happen and when industrialization started to happen, um, a lot of times these children would end up and the families would end up coming into the cities and the children would work under conditions that today we would say are abhorrent and, yeah. and difficult. But 
it was still a step up from where they were before because now they were alive and alive mm -hmm. working in a, a boot polishing factory or whatever is better than dead right um and so charles dickens grew up in this time of uh there there hadn't there wasn't a lot of you know child labor laws ch I, separate show child labor laws that didn't actually end child labor child labor was already being ended in and uh child labor laws kind of followed suit but um you know he, he was he grew up at a time when and he lived at a time when there was a lot of child labor and um it was kind of this capitalism was very new and if you if you don't have anything to compare it to and you look back and and you don't you can't easily see what it was like 200 years prior where these kids would be dead or non-existent um mm -hmm. you look around and you think this is heartbreaking that this is the kind of that world we live in and isn't capitalism evil and uh you know the answer is no actually kind of nature's evil nature nature hates you it kind of sucks <laughs> and mm -hmm. so you know it takes time and it's progressive to get it like takes pro you know i don't mean progressive in a political sense but like it takes incremental changes before humans can you know have preschools right um and so you know he was very critical of capitalism and so of all people right this person is picking on a christmas carol by charles dickens and this was his attempt to like criticize capitalism and and he obviously scrooge is this caricature of a capitalist which is completely you know not it's inaccurate right it's it's mm -hmm. uh it's a stereotype that's inaccurate and it's and it's painted by basically the marxists who believe that capitalists sit around and count their gold coins and they're greedy and horrible and they hate everyone right and uh right. you know that's just not true and um you know this this is complaining that basically the the story of christmas carol didn't end in like marxist revolution i don't know what the complaint is but that's that's the complaint about Christmas Carol. Um, and I just want to throw that out there because I, I hadn't heard Christmas Carol well, being. No, it, but it makes sense that they are attacking classics. And I mean, they do that in every field. Yeah. So can I want to, I, I want to, I, I had a revelation actually right before we started this. And I don't know if it's mm -hmm. true. So I want to work it out with you. Like I had a thought about okay. this. Um, I've before talked about this concept of the hatred of the good for being the good. And I think mm -hmm. I mentioned it was a, a concept that Ayn Rand had introduced to me. Um, I want to I wanna read the concept just really quickly so that people know what I'm talking about. But then I, I actually don't, I think there's something more. And I, that's what my revelation before the show was. But just so you know what I'm talking about. She wrote this in 1971. Um, she, she was pretty prescient in a lot of ways. Uh, she writes, today we, we live in the age of envy. Envy is not the mention, not the emotion I have in mind, but it is the clearest manifestation of an emotion that has remained nameless. It is the only element of a complex emotional sum that men have permitted themselves to identify. Envy is regarded by most people as a petty, superficial emotion, and therefore it serves as a semi-human cover for so inhuman an emotion that those who feel it seldom dare admit it, even to themselves. Uh... Today, that emotion is the lit motif, the sense of life of our culture. It is all around us, and we are drowning in it. It is the most explicitly confessed by its most brazen exponents. Uh, a little bit there. That emotion is hatred of the good for being the good. And she talks about, she goes on to talk about, it's not hating the good 
that other people think it's good. It's hating good that like things that you actually think are good, hating them, at least subconsciously. Um, and I was trying to, I was trying to apply that to this, but I realized I don't actually think that's what this is. I th think, and Carrie, I'm really curious what you think about this. If, if we think about intersectionality and kind of the, the social justice, uh, hierarchy of groups, right? Everything's, it's all group, groupism. I think it's, you take the group that is the most hated, let's say heterosexual white males that are Christian, pretty hated, right? Non-Marxists right. even, we'll throw that in there, right? Right. It's hate, it's anything they like needs to be hated and torn down. It's, it's whatever they like. It has nothing to do with the content of any of these songs or any of these shows or anything written because you could apply this kind of overreaching crazy analysis to anything. You can clearly apply it easily to rap and hip hop, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think it's hatred. It's, it's because they look at the world in, in groups, they pick mm -hmm. on the group that should be demolished and they try and demolish anything that group likes. And so I think you could predict how social justice warriors would react to any piece of art if only if you only knew if you knew nothing about the content but all you knew was that cisgendered heterosexual white christian men liked it it was popular with that demographic they would find a reason to hate it i think for the most part that sounds pretty accurate i'd have to think about it a bit more but yes i think they it's fair game well, straight white guys, especially Christian straight white guys, non-Marxists are, are considered fair game. And so, yeah, I think it would follow that anything that is considered as part of their domain. Well, that, you even see them explicitly saying on college campuses that they don't they don't want to read any white males anymore. Right. And so right. no Aristotle or no, you know, Shakespeare or whatever. They're just like taking out all these classics um, as if it's as if it's polluted by virtue of being written by a straight white guy. Right. Um, and they went after the video games, right? Video games yeah, are game. oh, yes. very, they very male and white. Well, okay. Not completely you know, white. So after we talked to J to Joe, Dr. J.R. Miller, mm -hmm. I really want to talk about this at some point. They, you and I have spoken about this. SJWs, they basically take any kind of organization or entity, they infiltrate, mm -hmm. and then they subvert the original goal or, or purpose of that organization. And they replace it with the, you know, the most important thing being the priority being the SJW ideology. Yep. And so uh, you're seeing that you saw that in video games, of course, and that's why Gamergate they were pushing back so hard is you know, we don't want to we, we don't want this religion essentially. Right. Um, but they're doing the same thing with Christianity, which I th I find fascinating. So the conversation you and Grace had, for example, that I couldn't join on, yep. uh, for technical reasons, I, that's fascinating to me that she and I are both from the SJW world, but she was from a Christian SJW world and hearing Dr. Miller talk about that as well, the Christian SJWs and just seeing like uh, the church of England and it was in the news yesterday. The church of England is now um, going to be doing transgender naming or transition ceremonies or something. It's like they are, right. um, they are starting to move into these areas that and changing them. Like, is it like taking them over? I like mean, I think they've taken them. over and it's, these a long time yeah. ago. I mean, the Pope is is pretty horrible. Hmm. I don't know as much about him. I'd have to. I mean, he's a Marxist, that, basically. 
Yeah. But they're even, I mean, Baptists. I'm like, that's when you know they've, yes. they've moved pretty far into the churches is when you see Baptists as JWs and like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys, well, I guess Southern Baptist is a little different than Baptist. I was raised Southern Baptist and I left because I thought it was, I felt at the time anyway, I felt it was pretty fundamentalist. Uh, so I know there's a difference between Baptists and Southern Baptists that I maybe am not taking into account. But when I heard that Baptists are becoming SJWs, I'm like, oh, up is down, down is up, what's happening? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's something to that, Carter, that it's a, it's the domain of things that, that maybe straight white Christian guys, if that demographic likes it, then it's fair game to attack. Yeah. I don't know. By any means necessary, um, right? So by any means necessary. find some well, words, some of, way to take things out of context and attack. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of uh, things that straight white guys like, what is your favorite Christmas movie or special? Wait, are you assuming that I'm a straight white guy? <laughs> I'm just making a lot of assumptions. I First of all, <laughs> I identify as a dragon sometimes and other sometimes. times, as uh, as I've said before, a large empty room. Um, mm-hmm. You're but, not the only one. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, uh, my favorite Christmas, well, so we, we, we kind of had this, like, what's the definition of a Christmas movie? I always watch Die Hard and I watch Love Actually uh, with my wife. Oh, okay. So, I can uh, see that. Those yeah. are the two uh, that we watch, but I don't view them as kind of traditional Christmas movies. Um, I know a lot of people that consider Die Hard a Christmas movie, though. I know, I but you know it's yeah. it's fun and cool and there's christmas in it but mm-hmm. it's not like christmas themed love actually right. is a, like a little bit more christmas themed because it's about love and relationships um and there's more christmas in it mm-hmm. i would say of the classics um i actually prefer shop around the corner um over oh i don't i don't know that yeah it, it's um over like it's a wonderful life although i haven't seen it's a wonderful life in a really long time Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's like stuff like Christmas story, which is kitschy and funny, but, um, so, I mean, I like a lot of them. What's your, what is your favorite? Uh, I have a Christmas couple movie? favorite, um, but the ones and I own a couple of them. So I watch every year I watch, uh, Smoky Mountain Christmas with Dolly Parton. Which, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> it's amazing. It used to be on television when I was a kid and, and I always wanted Dolly Parton to come and adopt me. She adopts all these orphans in the movie and okay. I used to have like, I fantasies that I would become adopted by a dolly. I'm but sure your um parents so was, parents love that it's one. wish fulfillment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's her and Lee Majors is in it and um John Ritter has a really funny like cameo at the end. Okay. Really funny role. Um and I got I my the DVD version I have is also pretty funny because I got it before it officially came out on DVD. I bought a bootleg version from Japan and uh <laughs> it's it's a really funny version as well. So I love that one and then I love um well, I like the Pee Wee Herman Christmas special because it's it's hilarious, Again, and he has a lot of. I don't think I've seen that. There's a ton of cameos in it, and there's okay. like just this really funny moment. So like, there's one part where Magic Johnson is riding in a sleigh with Magic Screen, and Pee Wee's like, "What are you doing here?" And Magic <laughs> Johnson's like, "Magic Screen and I are cousins, Pee Wee." <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Your kid would probably like that one. It's okay. a, it's a funny one. But yeah, Christmas movies, I don't know, like like movies themselves, not not like specials. Um well, yeah, Smoky Mountain Christmas. And and I really liked White Christmas. I'd need to watch more of those old ones. I haven't seen a lot of the old ones in a long time. Yeah. So, speaking of it's a not a, it's not a Christmas movie, but another favorite old movie that is kind of of that ilk that I like is uh Ninochka. If you've ever if you've what? not seen it, it's a good one. No. Um it's Ninochka. a uh, 
it's set at sort of the end of, I think it's sort of the end of the, that's not true. It's not the end. It's probably more towards the beginning of the Soviet Union, but they're running out of money and they're trying to sell crown, the, the crown jewels and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's pretty funny. It's about a, a Russian going to Paris to try and sell some jewels. Um, but I won't, I won't okay. spoil it, but it's a, I'll it's check a good it out. One. Yeah. I'll check it out. So I do have the Star Wars holiday special, but it's, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not very, it's I got the Arthur in it, thing. which is cool. Yeah. Well, I think he tried the story is at least what I heard. He tried to make sure nobody could ever watch it because he didn't, he wasn't happy with it, but did he do um, it? Did George Lucas do it or? Yeah. George Lucas oh. did it. He, I mean, he did a lot of crap. I mean, a lot of Star Wars crap too. Uh, he just, uh, yeah, I think Steven Spielberg was the brains behind that one. Um, mm. but, uh, all right. Well, what, any other, any other Christmas messages, complaints about, uh, Christmas complaints? songs you'd like to, to I share? do actually. So this is something I was thinking about. I, I, you, as we talked about, I'm pretty new to Christianity and I, uh, was in this women's Bible study group and a friend was asking me about how do secular people like, like, I guess they were asking, because a lot of these women have been been in Christianity their whole life, right? And right. so, or have been a Christian for a lot, much longer time than me. And so they were sort of saying, like, when pe when non-Christians sing Christmas carols, does it, what does it mean to you guys? Or what does it mean? <laughs> and uh, that was an interesting conversation to have, because I was like, yeah, I used to sing them all the time, and I didn't really think much of it. It's just kind of a nostalgic thing, because I knew some of them from childhood. Yeah. Um, but then that got me thinking about other things, like, like, I had another friend who asked me about... Uh, uh, a friend of hers who knows she's a Christian who always says happy holidays to her instead of Merry Christmas, even though she knows she's Christian. Right. And she's like, do you think she's, do, does, do you think that's a purposeful thing? Or maybe she's just not thinking. I was like, no, I think that's purposeful. Um, and I started thinking back to how I used to behave with, I was so arrogant about it. I mean, I used to, I used to send happy holiday, like really secular happy holidays cards to my Christian relatives. And it, and it, wasn't I didn't think I was being a dick I just thought I'm teaching them about you know being more inclusive right and so I'd go out of my way to find these cards that had nothing to do with Jesus and then I would write happy holidays on it to my very Christian um, aunt or uncle and um and just I, I now look back on that with like kind of shame with how arrogant I was about it and I I, I know a lot of people in that uh yeah. echo chamber i was in who's i know they do that on purpose they say happy holidays on purpose and so that's just something i've been thinking about differently and then also i went to the um fancy paper store and was going to get some christmas cards and i'm telling you i'd never noticed this before again because i had always been looking for secular stuff anyway but there was like maybe a hundred different cards and maybe only one baby jesus one oh, really? <laughs> like yeah and i'm like where's get the manager in here. Where are the baby Jesus cards? Like this is all penguins and stuff, but it, I don't know. I'm looking at it a little differently now, just about like Christmas in general. And even at home Depot, I saw almost exclusively um, the secular decorations. And I only saw like one nativity scene. It was, it was just looking at it with a different lens. It's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting question because when I, um, when I became an atheist uh, in my early twenties, um, I didn't want to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Like I didn't want to celebrate Christmas, um, as such, 
but I recognized that there was a lot of nostalgia for me around that and something that like, like psychologically and culturally was a part of me that would always be a part of me. And so I felt like fighting that was um, really not going to be that valuable. Uh, it would just make me miserable. So I tried to find a compromise. And one of the compromises that I did, I don't know if you know this, but uh, you know, in, in our family, we actually call it capitalism day, even though we like, we like, <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so because I, like I wanted it. to celebrate something that I thought was like, had, had provided a lot of value to humanity. Um, and I had, you know, at, at this You're point, hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we, so, but, but one thing I struggled with actually was I wasn't trying to, um, I, w I, w I didn't have the social justice mindset of like, let me stick it to, to Christian people that I know. Um, but I struggled with like, should I be saying Merry Christmas to them because I know they celebrate Christmas? Um, but I don't. So is it like compromising my own values to be saying Merry Christmas? Because oh, okay. like, would I say, would I say like Happy Ramadan to someone, right? Um, and would I say, I mean, just take an extreme example. Uh, if I knew a Satanist, would I be like Happy Lucifer's birthday, whatever? I don't know. Oh, true. That's right? true. That's a good point. Right. That's a good um, point. And so it it was really like, well, I don't I don't really know if I should be saying Merry Christmas or not. And so for a while, uh, I wasn't. I was saying, I mean, to my close friends, I was saying Happy Capitalism Day, and they're like, mm, you know, we we would kind of joke about it and or celebrate it together. But to to kind of acquaintances, I would I switched to Happy Holidays just because I didn't want to. First of all, I wasn't really sure what they, everyone's belief systems are anyway. Um, and happy holidays seemed like a generic throwaway I could do without offending anyone. Um, and B, um, I felt like I could say it without corrupting my own belief system in any way or like without denying my own belief system. Um, at this point in my life, I've gotten to the point where I will say Merry Christmas, Carrie, if I know like, oh, you're, you're Christian and you celebrate Christmas and I'll tell you Merry Christmas. And I also have several atheist friends who just continue to celebrate Christmas. They still call it Christmas, um, but for them, it's just kind of a, a cultural tradition that's fun. And, and so I can say Merry Christmas to them. But I never really solved that problem about like which is better, like which is the kind of quote right thing to do from a moral perspective. Um, should I, you know, should I wish everyone a happy Capitalism Day because that's what I was celebrating, <laughs> or should I, you know, find out about their particular religion and wish them happy that day, regardless of whether I thought that religion was good, bad, or neutral. I don't know. Well, you made me think about it a little differently. So I don't know, something to keep thinking on. Cause yeah, I don't think I would say happy Satan's birthday or whatever. Damn it. Someone. Yeah. Oh, but one quick thing you said, happy holidays won't offend anyone. I saw last year an article last Christmas about, a. Uh, uh, some office party where they're, they're not allowed to have to call it a holiday party anymore. It's called happy fiscal year end party oh. because some people don't celebrate holiday, any holiday. You mentioned that. Like, wow. Happy fiscal That's year so... end is just, that offends me. Um, <laughs> right. That so is horrible. boring. Again, sucking all the joy out of everything. Well, it also celebrates uh, in some respect, it celebrates taxes, right? I mean, the fiscal oh, yeah. years are structured the way yeah. they are because of the government. With so. taxes. That's funny. Uh, yeah. Happy tax day. Um, that's pretty bad. My, uh, interestingly enough, I haven't figured out why, uh, why this happened, but you might find this interesting. My daughter had like a, her school, they do, they, you know, every school does like a holiday, whatever, maybe not every school, but they did have like a holiday sing-along thing. And 
one of the songs they did was Frosty the Snowman. And the teacher made them change the lyrics because uh, the teacher said it referenced Parson Brown and that was religious. And so they had to change the lyrics so that uh, Parson Brown wasn't referenced, um, which, which I thought was weird. But then that same teacher had the entire class sing an entire song about Jesus in Spanish, um, which just made absolutely what? no sense to me. So I, I think it's just like random lashing out at stuff. I don't know. Yeah. But actually, that might fit my theory of like, oh, mm -hmm. Frosty the Snowman is like a, a heteronormative white culture Christian male thing. And so we have to trash that. But if we sing something in Spanish, it's no longer part of the kind of capitalist culture um, because Spanish is a different language. And I assume that most people, even though they speak Spanish in Spain, I think a lot of people think of Latin America when they think of Spanish. And so um, maybe that somehow uh, on the social justice hierarchy, if it's like a if they're in a different category, then you can't criticize their song about Jesus. I don't know. You, have, you can ex explain it to me. I, oh, we can't hear you. You disappeared. Oh, you're, sorry. I had no. some barking doggies, so I muted myself. Oh, that's okay. No, I was just saying, I think you're right. I think it neutralizes it. So they, yeah, then okay. they're like, well, this we can sing it now because now it's multicultural. I so see. Like, I see. Yeah. So they could have said whatever the Spanish is for Parson Brown. That would have been fine. That would have been fine. <laughs> Uh, it's so many rules, so many rules. Uh, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to enjoy Christmas with all these rules, but uh, I will try my best anyway. Yeah, well, have a happy holiday. Have a happy capitalism day. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Carrie. <laughs> Thank you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, Thanks. Yeah, Merry Christmas, and of course, you and I will talk. But uh, for everyone else, I don't know when we'll be back, but we'll be back probably next Thursday. Mm -hmm. um, Yep. This coming Thursday. I don't even know when this show is going to be put out, but we're gonna. I'm gonna try and get it out before Christmas so you can um, share all the wokeness with your family around the around the fire and around the tree. So, Merry Christmas, everyone! And Thanks. tell us in the comments what's your favorite Christmas movie. Yes. Or special. Oh. Yeah. Should wait. Wait. Should they tell us uh, favorites favorite Christmas movie? But also, uh, what are the most offensive Christmas songs? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah happy to add to our list about either or yeah, yeah. how horrible they are so <laughs> um all right everyone thank you for watching um you can follow us at unsafe show on twitter you can go to unsafeshow.com our channel on youtube is unsafe space uh we're on gab and minds as well you can find us there uh, we've got a page on facebook called unsafe space another one called deprogrammed which is the show that carrie and i normally do every Thursday at 11 Pacific. So um, thanks again for watching. Have a great holiday, Christmas, everything else. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.